Welcome, everybody, to episode 35 of the Gridirons and Goal Lines football podcast. I'm Angelo, and there's Taylor all the way in Minnesota. Taylor, say hi to everybody. People don't sound like that here. Really? No, your accent's terrible. Well, and then I would like a refund on every movie I've ever seen. No, you're just doing a bad job of it. Whatever. So I want to remind everybody that uh, we are uh, remote right now. So, and for the foreseeable future, because Taylor decided to move very far away to the big purple land of Minnesota. So, (laughs) welcome. Uh, We had an awesome week two of football. Actually, no. I take that back, Taylor. It was an awesome week two of football. We're going to get get to that later. Also, while we're on the the topic of me being remote, there's a lot of thunder going on right now. So, if you guys hear that, it's not just Angelo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's not Taylor passing gas. Anyway, what are we running today? we got the press release. And the reason why I said it wasn't a great week of uh, football, because I have a segment in here called the Hospital Ward. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you guys like good football, I've got bad news for the next few weeks. Uh, <laughs> half of the NFL is gone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we have our mini segments that you all love so much. And then, of course, we have our game summary, our pickums, And then, of course, remember, everybody, that you must follow our Twitter if you want the best content uh, for Gridirons Goalines out there, that's at G-G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E-S for the Gridirons Goalines football podcast. Uh, Taylor, where can everyone find us if they want to listen to us? Uh, I would recommend Spotify mostly, but, you know, we're on uh, the other podcast sites like Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Casts. Uh, still no YouTube because nobody wants it. Yep, I agree. I agree, everyone. You, you got to want it. You got to want it. All right, so we're going to head right into the press release today. Pretty short press release. Um, Everybody was shocked on Sunday when Justin Herbert took the field over Tyrod Taylor. All right, it has now been released, though, and this is is insane. The team team doctor for the Chargers punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung while administering pain medication to his ribs. So first of all, breaking news. Justin Herbert was seen the night before having dinner with Tanya Harding. Who knows what they were discussing? That was a fun little Tanya Harding figure skating joke for all of you out there. I'm glad Taylor laughed at it. He should know better. What a crazy way to get your first start. And Taylor, did Herbert just earn the start for the whole season, especially with how he played? Uh, apparently not. Well, <clears throat> Tarot Taylor currently is not listed to play this week. Uh, that is true. Uh, so, but so, Anthony Lynn, uh, made a statement about it yeah. saying direct quote, Herbert is a backup for a reason. Well, so geez. shows how much uh, confidence he has in the guy. So what do, what do you think though, Taylor? Do you think that he earned the start over to Rod? Cause I think, um, I, th- I think we have to admit he played a lot better than what you and I probably expected. He definitely played better than than expected. Uh, I don't know that he earned the start. It's very small sample size. It's not like he absolutely killed it out there. So you'd right. have to look at practices and stuff like that. But uh, Gerard Taylor's likely to miss this week, as you said. If he does well again, then he may very well earn the starting spot. Yeah, we will definitely see how that goes. The Chargers, I believe, have a pretty decent opponent this week in the Panthers. So... Um, Herbert could do really well against that bad defense. Um, several issue or several fines were issued this past week to teams and coaches for not wearing a mask. So as everyone knows, you, you coaches need to be wearing masks on the sidelines. Players don't need to be wearing masks on the sidelines though, which is very interesting to me, but, uh, uh, coaches do Taylor. 
should there be a more harsh consequence for not wearing masks? Do you feel like the NFL is really saying anything when they're saying we're just going to fine you for not wearing your mask? Or, like, is this thing serious to the NFL at all? No, honestly, I think it's <clears throat> fine. The, the The fines were pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think if you're going to find that much, it's still it's significant enough. I think that's probably fair. I, I would like to see – I mean, it's interesting. Like, uh, a lot of coaches are doing face shields, which have been proven to not be very effective. But also, they all they're, – they're all outside. Um, I can't help but think that maybe not wearing the mask all the time isn't as big of a deal. Um, so far, testing numbers seem fine in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So obviously, things are going okay if coaches aren't wearing their masks all the time. So, I don't know. Uh, and, of course, um, news today came out. Sad news, of course. Gail Sayers passes away. Um, <clears throat> very well known for his brief career in the NFL, but very effective career at halfback. Uh, so, you know, thoughts go out to Gail Sayers and his family and, and thankful for the legacy for uh, young, young African-American uh, running backs that he definitely helped pave the way for, for sure. All righty. Kickoff time. Hospital ward. So injuries came thrashing this past week, which is always bad for football. So Taylor and I want to talk to you guys about those on a larger scale as we look forward into the season. So the first place we're going to start with is Saquon Barkley. Really disappointing. Battled with injuries last year. Out for the season. With, I mean, usually these 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 ACL tears are, are really gruesome. But man, this one wasn't. He just landed on his leg like he does every other time he jumps in the air. So very, very unfortunate. Um, of course, the Giants do have Deion Lewis in the backfield already, and then they picked up Devonta Freeman. So, Taylor, how are we feeling about the Giants' um, game planning around Deion Lewis and Freeman at this point? I mean, Freeman's good, right? But yeah. he's not – he's probably yeah. worse than Saquon. He's definitely not better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, mean, I think Freeman had his time where he was a top five tailback, but he's not anymore. And that's very apparent, I think. I mean, so I think at this point, like they're still definitely worse off. But Freeman is a good acquisition for them. It should help make up for some of the, the loss of Saquon. But I mean, it's not like they were doing well with him. Yeah, I guess someone was wondering, too. I mean, is it even worth the Giants to try to seek a big trade here for a running back? Probably not. Like, I think they know that they're not going anywhere with their first-year head coach in, in this division right now. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think they they should be fine with Devonta Freeman. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So now we've got several, several San Francisco 49ers players to list. So let's start in the defense. We've got Nick Bosa here. Um, he is out for the season as well. Um, Taylor... Pretty simple question. Can the 49ers still dominate on the defensive line, especially after no. what you've seen the Cardinals do and what the Seahawks do and what the Rams and, did? And what the Rams do. Yeah. They, they're, they, the 49ers are in the best division in football, a very good offensive division in football, and now they've lost so many key pieces. Yeah. I, you know, I, I believe, if I recall correctly, I still had the 49ers pick to win the division this year. I think you picked the Seahawks, maybe. It's definitely the Seahawks now. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's bad because, listen to this, folks. Not only is Nick Bosa out for the season, Jimmy G probably out for a little while. Nick Bowens is going to be taking over. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But also you have Raheem Mostert definitely out for this week, and Tevin Coleman probably out longer. So there goes that big dynamic backfield of theirs. And so, I mean, 
let's take a look at Nick Mullins real quick. Everyone probably remembers Nick Mullins from a couple years ago as a rookie. He comes in, uh, goes three and five in eight games as the starter. Um, honestly, though, real big fan favorite as far as uh, 49ers quarterbacks go. This is when Jimmy G wasn't really proving himself either, to be fair. Now, he's going to take over this team for a little while. I think the Niners are pretty confident in him, but I don't think they're confident in him when you look at the running back loss this week. And already they have wide receiver problems. So uh, what does this offense even look like right now? Like, can it stay afloat at all, Taylor? I don't think so. I think they're really going to struggle. Like, their offense was already struggling a bit. Uh, You know, they were definitely a defense-reliant team. Yeah. And now both of those took massive hits. Also, a little fun fact here. While we're talking about 49ers injuries, the MRI truck broke down. Really? For the 49ers, yeah. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> that's horrible. Yeah. So I'm looking at the 49ers schedule real quick and seeing if they can even, like, what can they do over the next three weeks? And <clears throat> excuse me, they cannot do a. I mean, they'll be fine for a second, but it's gonna get rough really quick. They have the Giants this week, then they have the Eagles, and then the Dolphins. So I think that they're lucky because they might have time to find some footing in the next three weeks. But then after that, they have Rams, Patriots, and Seahawks. Thankfully, they should have Jimmy G back for those games, but you know they're still going to be down so many pieces. Yeah, like let's let's look let's look at the, after the next three weeks, which I think they'll do okay. Rams, Pats, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills. What? <laughs> it's going to be a rough go for the Niners, I think, and I think you're right, Taylor. I think they've just dropped out of the running for the for the division. That Thusly is a rough go if they have their whole team. Uh, missing these pieces and with that with that schedule, they might just be out of the playoff running. Yeah, it's. I feel like this happens every other year to the Niners. They have something big happen like this, and so it's it's really too bad. Okay, mm-hmm. let's head over to Denver now, Taylor. Um, your dark horse for MVP, not so much anymore. Drew Lock out three to five weeks, and of course, to take his place, balding Blake Bortles. That's All right, it. so that's the note I have. To, to preface here, and Angela and I both feel the <clears> same <throat> about this. We never want to see any player get hurt, regardless no, of whether or not, not we like them. At all. It's not good for the league. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for fans. That being said, the silver lining to Drew Locke getting hurt here is now I can use that as an excuse for me uh, not being correct. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm not feeling good about Blake Bortles here, um, especially on this next point. Cortland Sutton out for the season. We had three ACL tears in one day. And that's just bad for business, folks. Um, Cortland Sutton, over 1,000 yards last year, uh, definitely going to be the primary target, I think, for Drew Locke. So Drew Locke no longer has his best receiver when he comes back. Um, Blake Bortles doesn't have Cortland Sutton to rely on for the next three to five weeks. Um so do we think they're they're going to start Blake Bortles here? I think that I think that they shouldn't because I actually my opinion like is Jeff that, Driscoll played pretty well. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. Is my opinion is that Jeff Driscoll was actually pretty fine in that game and almost beat the Steelers. I just think like like despite obviously Blake Bortles was <clears throat> not great, right? But as far as available quarterbacks go, if you're using him to re- like be a replacement backup quarterback at this point, right? I think he's a a fine solution for that. Sure. I agree with you. I think that I, 
I think I still see Bortles as the starter probably pretty soon for this team. Um, Jeff Driscoll played more last year than Bortles did, but he didn't play well. Honestly, his game this past Sunday is one of his better games. Um, and they still lost, obviously. So, and I don't know. I'm just not feeling super great about whatever the Broncos are doing. So, whatever Vic Fangio goes with, he's going to go with, I guess. But um, I think they're no longer a wild card team. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, All right, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah, another team hit with two big injuries. Uh, Colts. They lost Malik Hooker for the season. Um, and the Colts did not pick up his fifth-year option, so likely this is probably him being done as a Colt, which I definitely don't like because I yeah, think, I, think Malik I Hooker, like Malik Hooker. I think he has had or has a lot of potential, but he's played like four games in as many years. So yeah, he he is hurt often. It's just it's unfortunate because when he plays, I think he's the second best safety in the division. So it's just unfortunate to see him go down like this. I think that Malik Hooker is going to be one of those guys that's going to go to a team next year and he's going to tear up. So be looking out for wherever Malik Hooker lands. Uh, sorry for the Colts defense on that. Uh, also Paris Campbell um, uh, out for, I think, I don't think it was the whole season, but for the foreseeable future. And so the question with this has to be with Campbell and Mac out now for the whole season. Uh, what can the Colts, what, what are the Colts going to be looking at as far as offense goes? I know Jonathan Taylor had a pretty decent game, but, um, how much confidence do you have in Michael Pittman Jr. in your tight end core, or is this going to become the Philip Rivers T.Y. Hilton show? Um, no, honest. So I, I like Paris Campbell. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential for such a young wide receiver, but he's not at this point crucial to the Colts' offense. Um, you know, we still have uh, Zach Pascal, uh, like you said, Michael Pittman Jr., a couple other options out there. You know, we we didn't have um. Jack Doyle this week, or uh, who, gosh, who's the other tight end that I'm blanking on here? Well, well, Trey Burton. Oh, yeah, that's right, Trey Burton. Um, so Mo Ali Cox <laughs> went out there and tore it up. Yeah, he balled. 100-plus yard week. Um, so, like, the, the Colts have options. Uh, none of them are, like, you know, game-changing players, but I don't think that, that Paris Campbell being out uh, is that much of a detriment. And honestly, as much as I love me some Marlon Mack, same same thing for him. I've kind of made the, the, the claim for a while that Marlon Mack wasn't amazing and just benefited really, really heavily from such a good offensive line. And then Jonathan Taylor goes out there and has an amazing game, you know, as a rookie. So I think I think that's just going to be fine. Okay. Um, this is a, you know, Marquise Blair now for the Seahawks, um, out for the foreseeable future. And honestly, I, I highlight this cause it's a pretty big hit to a defense that I think is going to end up struggling down the line for the Seahawks. And they're going to really need to rely on the defense when you look at how well offensively the Cardinals and the Rams are playing. So I, I do think Marquise Blair, he's become kind of a outside of like Bobby Wagner. He's become kind of the glue of that defense. So look for this to be a pretty big hit for the Seahawks and maybe look for their secondary to really start uh, giving up some big plays. And then of course we have Christian McCaffrey. He's on IR for three weeks. Now the reason for that is because of the new CBA, if you go on IR, you have to be on there for three weeks. Um, This is probably just a good precautionary thing. Do you think a lot of this has to do Taylor with them starting out O2 and maybe Matt rule just saying, let's just take it easy this year. Um, well, I, I saw a lot of reports that, uh, Christian McCaffrey could be out for four to five weeks with his injury. 
So okay. putting him on IR just frees up the the roster slot for the three weeks at least. That's fair. That's a fair call. So definitely going to be a hit. Um, gosh, usually I'm good at this, but I don't even know who their backup halfback is there in Carolina. Oh, um, it's funny you should mention that because for some reason in our fantasy league, nobody decided to pick him up. And so uh, your boy <laughs> is rocking Mike Davis. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Yeah. I know I know a fair amount of players in the NFL. Would you say that's probably true, Taylor? I would say that's true. Uh who's Mike Davis? Yes. Mike Davis hold on. I'm sorry. He's folks. The, this this the, is not in the script, but I gotta look this up. Mike Davis is the current since... starting running back for the uh the Carolina Panthers. And it, it's funny because uh the only reason I knew that uh, as you were asking, I was I pulled up the fantasy app to check his name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, eight catches last week. Um, one rush for a yard. Yikes. Um, okay. Sure, he's been with the Niners, the Seahawks, the, and then the Bears and Carolina. Okay, then. Uh, bit of a journeyman in five years, so... Great. So Teddy Bridgewater's going to start slinging it now. That's cool. All right, let's move to the two-minute drill. So, I also have two uh, <laughs> Panthers wide receivers. There you go. I'm proud of you, Taylor. All right, so heading over to the two-minute drill this week. So if you watched football this past Sunday or m- Monday night, everyone is freaking out about Drew Brees. So what do we make out of Brees now? Do we fall in line with the critics this week? That The essential opinion is that Drew Brees' age is getting in the way of his play, and this is the downfall of the New Orleans Saints. So with that, Taylor, we're going to put two minutes on the clock, and we're going to talk about probably why this is silly. All right. You want to begin? Sure. Okay, so without his best wide receiver, uh, Drew Brees went uh, through for 312 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and had a 91.1 passer rating. So yeah, clearly he's washed up. Also, that was sarcasm. <laughs> and and folks, you have to know, Taylor doesn't even like Drew Brees as like a no. person. So no. like the fact well, that he's... Per- he's fine as a person, I guess. Well, I don't know. He did ruin your Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely do not fall. I think Drew Brees is fine. Like, I mean, this is, it's ridiculous. It's like people are wanting these older quarterbacks in this division to just fall apart. Like they were saying the same thing about Brady after week one. Now they're saying the same thing. It's like they literally just clipped out the ADY in articles for Brady and put in EES. And they're like, oh, great, we fixed it. We can just we can say the same thing about Breeze this week. Hey, they also think that Teddy Bridgewater's worthless. Yeah, so. well, we'll see about and, that. And, I mean, honestly, who's saying good things about Matt Ryan these days? <laughs> who's saying good things about the Falcons these days? But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the stats. Uh, he played better this week than he did in week one, folks. Like, Drew Breeze is fine. He's, I mean, this was a Las Vegas Raiders team that was really highly motivated to win at home. I'm really big on momentum. Taylor's really big on momentum. This was probably one of those games where we were like, yeah, the Raiders could probably get this. And guess what? They did. They just played better. And, you know, maybe maybe John Gruden isn't as bad as a coach as I thought. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I agree. Like, you can't just go from having one of the best receivers in the league and then just expect to be perfect, I guess. I don't know if that's what people think of Drew Brees, but yeah. Uh, if you're off the, if you're off the Drew Brees train, just get back on it. Okay, everybody. 
All right. So now we're going to head over to our bangers and busts. So this is the weekly segment where each of us select a player of the week for most, impre- most impressive performance and most underwhelming performance. Taylor, would you like me to begin? Sure, you can go ahead. Okay, so I think that it's very clear that my uh, banger for this week is Nick Chubb. Boy, got it going on Thursday Night Football. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Baker Mayfield's performance and stuff. Okay, Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 124 yards. That's over five yards on average with two touchdowns. I mean, he was just electrifying in that game. And I think it was important for him to be this good because he was he was decently shut down uh, with Baltimore in week one, even though he still averaged six yards a carry. They just, the, the Browns didn't, didn't feed him. Uh, so Nick Chubb is my banger for the week. Really, it should be Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt also had an amazing game. Like, the Browns' run game was awesome. They need to make sure that Baker Mayfield doesn't throw the football. Um, my bust for the week, I mean, probably no surprise. It's got to be Kirk Cousins here. I think Kirk Cousins at one point, if I remember, was like six for 20 or something like that and two interceptions and like 39 yards. But uh, he finished the game at 42% completion percentage, just barely over 100 yards and three interceptions. A rating of 15.9. Yeah, it, it was not good. And honestly, I it's yeah, it was kind of surprising for me, um, but not a good day for Kirk Cousins. And I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. If you know me, I'm a huge fan of him. But boy, I was not a huge fan of him after that I, game. I got to go into work the next day and rub it in the faces of all these local Vikings fans. Taylor's gonna get are, he's gonna get totally just run out of town pretty soon if he keeps that up. They're already talking about replacing him. <laughs> Uh, and we will definitely get on with some more Kirk Cousins talk later. Taylor, who are your bangers and busts this week? All right, so you know me. Uh, I've got a couple little honorable mentions that I just want to throw out real quick because uh, my banger is kind of a cop-out as usual, uh, which we'll get to. But some honorable mentions. Once again, Joe Burrow impressed. Yes. Uh, also, Jonathan Taylor, i got to throw him out as a Colts fan. He was great. Um, but, you know, the Colts offensive line, like I mentioned, also, as a Colts fan, Mo Ali Cox tore it up. I talked about this guy a lot last year. He had, like I don't know if it's still true, but at one point he he supposedly had like the biggest hands in the NFL, which is a cool, I guess, former <laughs> basketball player. Also, I'm gonna give cool, some credit here to uh, to Justin Herbert. Yeah, I don't think he played amazingly, but I think he played well enough above expectation that he deserves credit as a banger. But here's the cop out pick. You had to know it was coming. It's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. So he threw five touchdowns this week. He had an interception that wasn't his fault. Yeah, that's and true. In, that That is true. And it, and it was in the beginning of the game, too. Yeah. So in, in two games, he's thrown nine touchdowns, has an 82.5% completion rate, and 140 passer rating. Yeah. So I I I will agree with those, Taylor. Those are good ones. Yeah, and then uh, my bust this week is a pretty easy Carson Wentz. Yep. Uh, he might just be a, a bust for the season at this rate. Oh, yeah, and we will get <laughs> – it's funny. Uh, our busts have something in common, Taylor. We're going to be ending on them later on. <clears throat> anyway, all right, we're going to run the hurry up. Well, first of all, everyone remember, tweet us your bangers and busts. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about players throughout the league, okay? All right, the hurry up. 
So 30-second opinions on each game from this past week, where we'd never go over time, obviously, because that would be wrong. So we're going to start, put 30 seconds on the clock. Thursday night football last week, Bengals-Browns. I'll start real quick. Burrow continues to impress. I really think he should be 2-0 right now, and uh, Baker should stop throwing the ball and just run the football for the Browns. Taylor? This was one of Baker Mayfield's best games, and Joe Burrow looked better. Yep. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield is still the worst quarterback in the division by a long shot. All right, uh, move over to the Giants-Bears game. So if you watched this game, it got pretty controversial at the end. Um, uh, penalty in the end zone, I believe. So the Bears do pull off this win, but narrowly 17-13. to Mitchell Trubisky gets to play football for another week. I don't know how this is possible that he's playing football in week three. But yeah, here we are. and also the Giants had some pretty bad game uh, play calling at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know why they, they threw the ball, you know, five yards or whatever, instead of just taking two shots at the end zone. Yeah, So, I you know, I, the, the, the bad, potentially bad uh, ref call isn't, isn't everything. That's fair, that's fair. All right, let's move over to the Rams and the Eagles. The Rams just take it to the Eagles 37-19. Uh, Carson Wentz is not good at football, just in case you were wondering. And the Rams are good at football this year. Jared Goff throws three touchdowns and uh, also a pretty good running game again this week. So here's the thing. One bad thing can kind of ruin a team's season. Two years ago, the Rams went to a Super Bowl and they were really good up until the Super Bowl. And then there was the whole thing where they overpaid Todd Gurley and Todd Gurley couldn't play football anymore. And it just kind of ruined their whole season. But now they're good again. Weird. Weird. All right, let's head over to the Cowboys and Falcons game. Cowboys beat the Falcons 40-39 to on a wild onside kick. That apparently the hands team does not know, does not know how to recover onside kicks. Um, yeah. Poor poor judgment by players, poor coaching, and man, the Falcons love blowing big leads. Yeah, you know a lot of people are going to look at this game and think that it means a lot for the Cowboys. It does. But we knew that they had a potentially explosive offense. You know, Dak was what second in the league last year in passing yards. Yeah. If you look at their mistakes in the the first quarter. That tells me more than the fact that they managed to score 40. I agree with you. All right, Panthers, Buccaneers, Tom Brady gets his first win at Raymond James Stadium over the Panthers, 31-17. to uh, I continue to be a little bit disappointed by this Panthers team. Uh, I don't like that they only scored 17 points. I really think this team should be scoring more points. Yeah, I mean, the, the Buccaneers defense is pretty good, though. Yeah, I can, but, I can see that. Yeah, this game was, was kind of just fine yeah it's it's a very i don't know very old quarterback new age quarterback type of feel to it all right the niners and the jets man i just really think that sam darnold is bad at football and i think that adam gay should probably be fired this week uh, with that said it was the 49ers i guess but this win came out the came out of cost as we've talked about already in this episode yeah yeah, uh, not great. for losing so many players in it still a, a big win so it shows yeah. how bad the jets are yeah Alrighty, we'll head over to the Broncos and Steelers. So Drew Locke goes down in this game. The Steelers win it 26-21, but Jeff Driscoll does his darndest to get this team to win this football game. Uh, does this say more about the Steelers or the Broncos, Taylor? Uh, it says more about the Steelers. How so? Or, or uh, so the, the Broncos are still down their best receiver, and uh, they lost their quarterback very early in this game, and the Steelers still barely won. Yeah, I, I'm still just not super overly confident with how the Steelers play football this year. I don't know. 
Um, Jag- I'm barely winning. <laughs> yeah, Jaguars Titans. This game was thirty to thirty in the winding minutes, but it should have been thirty to thirty one. But of course, Stephen Gostowski missed an extra point to put the Titans in this position to to almost uh, lose this game to the Jags. But Taylor, we talked about this. What did we really learn about the Jaguars? That they're not as bad as we thought. Uh, their defense is still pretty mediocre, yeah, but Gardner Minshew makes it happen. Yeah, uh, the Jags' offense is a lot better than I think any of us predicted. Uh, scoring 30 points on the Titans, I don't know when the last time the Jags scored more than 15 points on the Titans. Like, yeah. So yeah, uh, whatever to the Lions and Packers, goodness gracious. The Packers just might do it again this year, and I'm mad about it. Uh, I learned nothing from this game. I The Packers, I thought, were way better than the Lions going into it. The Packers popped off on offensively on week one. And then look, the Lions suck. The Packers popped off on offense. Who knew? Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones is definitely making a case for himself saying, no, A.J. Dillon, you're not taking my job. All right, let's over to the Bills and Dolphins game. Um, Pretty good game. I really wanted the Dolphins to win this game, and they got pretty darn close to it, but some uh, late mistakes get the Bills in the position to win this football game. I'm still not overly confident about Josh Allen. He throws four touchdowns. He has a great game, but I don't know if he can keep this going. Uh, I think Josh Allen's actually improving a lot. He's still not, like, he's not an amazing quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, but he He's honestly kind of a lot like uh, like early Lamar where it's like he's a he's a running back playing quarterback it feels like a lot. Yeah. But he's getting a lot better at throwing the football. And honestly, this game was closer than I thought. The Bills defense uh did not come through as well as I expected. No, not at all. All right, let's over to the Vikings Colts game. I mean, really this game was was pretty much all Colts. It was it was low scoring in the beginning, but it 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 just became all Colts as the Vikings just couldn't get anything going. The Colts defense was good. So, um I mean, yeah. They, they I mean, the, the Colts. Down. The Colts' offense wasn't super impressive. Jonathan Taylor popped off. Mo Cox had a good week. Yeah, um, I'm still not impressed Hill with Phil Rivers. Big drops, but th- th- you're gonna score points when the other team gives you the ball that many times, and that's just kind of what happened. Yeah, you know, uh, three interceptions and a safety. Pretty good defensive play. Uh, so the, let's head over to Washington and the Cardinals. The Cardinals win this game 30-15. to 15. It was 20 to nothing at the half, I believe. So uh, Washington did outscore Arizona in the second half. I was a little concerned with how Arizona played in the second half. They ran the ball a lot more. They played slower on, on purpose, I think. I think they knew they had right. this game in the bag. They didn't need to do anything crazy. Yeah, you it just, especially like so many injuries happening. You just you let up a bit. Yeah. You know, you've got a big lead. Just don't don't do what the Falcons did and you're fine. Yeah. All right, let's over to the Ravens and Texans game. Look, I just it's a rough go for the Texans opening up against the Chiefs and the Ravens. I get it, but uh this just wasn't really the game I was expecting out of this. I was expecting something a bit closer cuz I think these teams are pretty similar, uh but they just aren't. The Ravens kind of it's 33-16, but it looks a lot worse than that when you watch the game. I was I was not expecting more out of this game. Uh, I expected more out of the Chiefs-Texans game week one, and when I didn't get that, like, the Ravens are just so much better than the Texans, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games that we weren't really expecting, though, uh, the Chiefs have to beat the Chargers in overtime, 23-20. to And I don't know, like, this game surprised me. There was something wrong with Mahomes in this game. He wasn't really on at all. They could not get the run game going at all. Um, so I, I think the defense played fine. I mean, they held the Chargers to 20 points and everything, but 
I didn't love this game from the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, this this is the type of game that makes me think the Ravens are better than the Chiefs, which I know isn't true. Uh, it might be. Whew, I guess we'll find out this week, right, Taylor? Maybe. <laughs> uh, man, okay. Then we had, oh, man, Sunday Night Football was awesome. Uh, Seahawks-Patriots, really, really good game. I, I'm really happy for Cam Newton, and this comes down to a goal line play and a horrible call to have Cam Newton run the ball and he gets stuffed for the loss. Yeah. Um, it was awesome, though, uh, to watch this game. I, I really like Cam Newton as a Patriot. I'm sorry, Taylor. Yeah, as, as Belichick, uh, you know, could learn from, from Pete Carroll, uh, it, with the game on the line, on the one-yard line, you should throw the ball. Yep, you should just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. I mean, but on a real note, you, you should really throw yeah. a ball to Julian Edelman on the flat. You, do, you don't even have Julian Edelman on the field for the last play, so the entire team knows what's happening. You're going to run it with Cam Newton. And you don't got to be a defensive genius to stop that. You just got to be Pete Carroll. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we have Monday Night Football Saints uh, losing to the Raiders 24-34. Look, they don't have Michael Thomas. The Raiders played really well offensively week one, and they played well offensively in week two. So I'm kind of surprised by the Raiders. Yeah, the, the Raiders have are kind of proving that they can only win one way. Like, the, the Raiders can win shootouts. Uh, so if they go up against a defense that can stop them, they're not going to win. And if they go up against a team that can outshoot them, they're not going to win. Thankfully, I don't know if there are any good shootout teams in their division, are there? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the Chiefs or something? No, I don't think so. The Chiefs only scored 23 points this week. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, there's the hurry up, everybody. Tell us what you thought of games this week. And then we're going to head over to Pickham's now. Taylor, can you explain to the folks what pickums are? Sure. So we just pick, you know, who's going to win. We don't care about spreads or anything like that. Uh, but instead of picking every game, we choose 10. We put them in the order that we think are most likely to happen. And then they're worth scaling points from, you know, 1 to 10 uh, for a total of fi- total possible points of 55 mm-hmm. in a week. And, uh, you know, we, we compete against each other. Uh, we keep track over the course of a season. But if you guys want to play along on a week-to-week basis, just send us your picks and try to beat us. You know, uh, some of us are easier to beat than others. Just throwing that out there. I had two perfect weeks last year. And still lost. I still lost. I lost big time, too. All right, Taylor, uh, uh, what's the point standing? What points were scored last week? Right, so uh, this week I scored 50 Angelo scored 48, so even though I beat Angelo, very good weeks from both of us. Yes, the main nice. reason, the only the only pick that I missed was I picked the Saints, uh, who did not win, and Angelo uh, picked the Saints, but only worth a point, but then he picked the Vikings to beat the Colts, and yeah. we all saw how that went. Yeah, that was so bad. That, so on the season, I'm sitting at 83, and Angelo has 75. But eight Long points season. is uh, is not a lot in, in this kind of pick'em league. Uh, he could he could make up way more than that in one week. So yeah, so we'll definitely see. But Taylor, you won the week, so tell us your picks. All right. So I really, really wish that I had more faith in the Texans over the Steelers because my first three picks are Colts, Titans, Jaguars. <laughs> Darn it! I wish you did too. That'd been sweet. Yeah, uh, and then I have the the Falcons. What? Yeah, don't feel great about sorry, that one. Sorry, wait, Taylor. Uh, something happened. You kind of cut it out. I think I think you said Falcons, but 
Uh, you can go ahead and repeat that, but probably say a different team. Yeah, uh, after the Falcons, I have the Patriots, the Packers, the Ravens. Wow, all of those teams sound like they belong on a pick'em list. Uh, the Chargers, kind of low. Uh, I think I think I'd pick the Chargers higher this week if Terod was starting, but Justin Herbert looked fine. Uh, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. So our our pickums are pretty different this week. Uh, Taylor had yeah, this a, week sucks. Taylor had a lot more faith in some of these games that I did. Like I did not pick the Packers or the Chiefs game at all because I was way too scared of that game uh, of those two games. But cannot wait for those primetime games. So I start off with the Cardinals, then I go Colts and Bucks, and then I have the Titans at four. I have the Niners at five, Jags mm-hmm. at six, Browns at seven, which I I don't feel super great. I've got the Pats at eight. I've got the Seahawks all the way down at nine. And I actually have the Steelers rounding out at 10. Um, there there were just six games that I knew I didn't want to pick. And so I just had to kind of come up with, with those. So Cardinals, Colts, were, Bucks, Titans, Niners, Jags, Browns, Pats, Seahawks, Steelers for me. There were about 10 games I knew I didn't want to pick. Yeah, so rough time. All right, everybody. Um, we're going to finish with our overtime this week. It's a topic that uh, we've been hinting at all episode. What do we see first, Taylor? Trade rumors for Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, for your Philadelphia Eagles? Okay, so uh, before I give my answer, I want to say I don't think either one's particularly likely. Uh, that being said, I am I think the most likely is Jalen Hurts starting for the Eagles, mostly just because of Carson Wentz's injury history. I don't think they're going to bench him for Jalen Hurts, but definitely if he gets hurt, you know, We'll see Jalen Hurts get in there. I just, as for the trade rumors for the Vikings, who wants Kirk Cousins, especially with his contract and the way he's playing? Yeah, so I wrote this question and I was like, well, okay, you know, that's why I put trade rumors because I think rumors might happen, but I don't think a trade is likely at all because, yeah, they just paid Kirk Cousins a contract that he doesn't deserve and he's not playing worth a quarterback that should be making even $20 million, I think. So that is the problem. Jalen Hurts starting for me, I think is going to be a political move where, so, you know, you have quarterbacks who maybe have turf toe or something like that, and they'll play through it. I feel like there's going to become a point in the season where the Eagles are not winning football games. And and Carson Wentz has one of those energy injuries that he can very easily play through. But Doug Peterson's just going to be like, Hey, just sit this one out, buddy. Uh, We're going to start Jalen this week. And I think that's how it's going to happen. Very, Political move, I think it's gonna. I think it's really gonna hurt Carson Wentz's ego a lot, or not ego. I shouldn't say, but his confidence. So yeah, I, I think that both of these are actually likely because I think the rumors are likely to happen, and I think that Hurts is definitely likely. I'm gonna go with um, Hurts starting for the Eagles before the trade rumors start, but definitely mark my words, there will be trade rumors by the end of the season for Cousins. Alrighty, so there is episode 35, everybody. Enjoy week three of football. Enjoy these amazing primetime games we have this week. My goodness, and I'm not being sarcastic, folks. Sunday Night Football, Monday Football is going to be awesome. Um, everyone enjoy week three. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Tell us how we, what you thought of the episode and give us your opinions of uh, what's going on in the NFL, okay? And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.